Hey, hey, my friends. This is a behind-the-scenes episode of my book pre-launch party. This is for everybody who has inspired the book. Uh, Stories from my past that have poured into me or stories of me encouraging others and just kind of a walkthrough of what's to come in the book and why um, all seeds in any ways that you plant, any little yes that you say yes to God could become a bigger yes and a bigger legacy to live on. And so this is just a beautiful insight of other people's stories that have played into mine and I hope you enjoy it. In the middle of the city And it clearly had a dream What's going on inside of me I despise my own behavior This only serves to confirm My suspicions That I'm still a man in need Of a savior Why will people think When they hear that I'm a Jesus I'd also like to add guys This is a best friend talk because I literally was talking to some of my closest friends, family, and people who raised me. And there's a lot of laughing in here. And I've been accused of laughing as a nervous habit. And listening back to this, it's not a nervous habit. It's literally how I talk. If I was having that one-on-one conversation with my friend, I'd be like, ha ha, and then, you know, and then ha ha. It's just kind of who I am. I'm sorry if it gets a lot. I'm sorry if it seems weird at all. Um, I really do have happiness amongst my deep talks. And so I hope that the backsides of these stories just totally blesses you. And even though they're stories about other people, you see yourself. And the times that you've said yes to church, the times that you've served in a Bible study, the times that you said yes to a friend, the times you just pray for a friend. I share in here over and over one of my closest Jesus sisters, Jessica, and how much she's like a quiet behind-the-scenes person. And that behind-the-scenes person to me is everything. She does everything to like grab my back if I'm going to fall, be my wing sister sometimes, and sometimes be my front sister. She's just willing to be anywhere and everywhere I could ever need her. And sometimes that's part of our assignment is just who God puts in our lives to be best friends. So I hope that you just see yourself in this message and see all that God is doing in you. It is a longer one. Um, so sit back and enjoy. Love you guys bunches. weeks ago and just telling him the part of Pioneer Bible Church that's in the book and um, sharing that and I was telling Treva too that if you guys those of you who have been around forever when I was like eight everybody would ask me to sing the Michael W. Smith song thank you for giving to the Lord and they just like can you sing that can you sing that like everywhere I went and so that's it's funny how things like imprint on you at a young age that you're like oh this is important and um so that song I knew people really loved it and it was important to them and I think that we think sometimes um and I've definitely one of one of my hearts behind things you guys know that I did an honor day for grandma Marge um recently because I wanted her to know like I remember sitting when Pastor Jim was actually giving a speech about what our purpose is in the world, and she's like, man, I wish I knew what mine was, and I was sitting there in my 20s going, man, I wish I knew what mine was, and I looked at her, and I was like, what do you mean you're still saying that? You're Grandma Marge! (laughs) You're Grandma of the whole church! How dare the enemy tell you that's not purposeful, and that's not enough, 
And so um, I've heard that it's something that as you get older, you struggle more and more. Like, did I say yes to the right things? Did I, am I doing what God wanted me to do? And so my book really is about pursuing your gifts and your talents and saying yes in small and big ways. And all of you have done something small that has super impacted me to be as crazy as I am. <laughs> and so if you want to yell at anybody, it's all their fault. <laughs> um, and I could have never prepared him for what he was getting married into because I didn't even know what it had affected me. It's something that, that grows over time that God keeps keeps bringing up or keeps showing you. Um, I was sharing with Nancy that I had a really hard time even going to write the book. He did encourage it. He said, I was doing all this business stuff and I was loving, I have like so many business ideas. Some of you guys who follow me lately, like you guys know, I'm like, oh, I can make this a business. I can make this a business. <laughs> I just, I could get crazy making a million different businesses. Um, I remember sitting in your guys' house and being like, Dustin wants me to come up with a business for horses. What could I do? And we came up with the horse jewelry idea. And we made main icing. Remember that? And we did all the little beads for the horse, horse's hair things that people could match their horses. And it was really fun. And we were actually were like selling things at Jim Canna's. And the people started just copying my idea. And I was like, well, that's not fun anymore. <laughs> so, and then I just create something new. And that's kind of how I work. But there's a lot of people who are like, I wish I could figure out something to do and so it was a side business thing that I wanted to do was to help others find their little gifts and talents and stuff he um he's like babe you uh you kind of have this like God win with money <laughs> and you just throw things out there and see what God's gonna do and that's not really good business advice so I don't think you should be helping people with businesses <laughs> and he's like you know what you're really good at is writing book right uh, it was writing and I really think you're called to write a book and I kind of looked at him because I had just come back from a Francis Chan thing that he didn't speak at. He walked out on the stage and he was like, God tells me that I mess up what he wants to say because I've gotten really good at doing this. And I do not want to mess up anymore. And he just got on his hands and knees and prayed. And it was silent in front of 2,000 people. That is an awkward silence. <laughs> and I started, and I knew God was calling me at that time to start speaking and, and what I thought was writing. But I wanted to speak first because it's way more fun and easy than sitting down and writing a book. And so I'm like, Francis Chan lost his words. God's going to call me on stage right now. Like, you know, I would literally think that. <laughs> I'm only sitting three rows back. I'm really close. I could just run up there <laughs> and take the mic. And so I'm sitting there like, okay, God, if he says, I don't know what to say. If he says, because you know in the Bible when um, the two the two friends, uh, David and um, King Saul's Jonathan, Jonathan want to go to war on their own. And they're like, if the guys say this, then we're going to go. And sure enough, they say that. And so they go in and win the battle. And so I'm always like, okay, God, if this is said, then you might want me to do that. <laughs> it didn't happen. And he just kept going back to praying what he was doing. But it allowed like this quiet space of like asking the Holy Spirit, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And I really felt like you want this next crazy step. You think you're really ready to go talk to 2000 people. You're going to go home and write the book. And I was like, my husband's not going to be happy about that. We finally got our ranch. No, he's not, <laughs> not going to want to do this. Literally, I get home and I start unpacking something else. And he goes, I think you're supposed to write the book. And I, and I was like, I don't think he knows what he just said. <laughs> I don't think. And he's like, well, I 
had just finished helping him prune some trees and had kind of figured out his personality of wanting some help doing his things and then he'd be like now I feel like you go do your things and he's like he's he he, he tends to try to hold me back um, not getting out of bed in the morning. He likes to sleep in. That's why he's an entrepreneur. <laughs> it's because he gets to make his own schedule and do his own thing. Um, but he's like, I'm going to let you get up at five o'clock every morning and start writing this book. And about 10 days go by and he asked me if the book's done. Yeah. And I was like, I knew you didn't know what you were talking about. <laughs> you gave permission for this. Um, but beyond that, um, I, and I was sharing with Nancy, I, this isn't the book I thought I was writing. I thought that I was writing about women's leadership and about what, um, when I tell the kids at the horseback riding program, so a lot of you guys are here because you've been a part of my crazy adventures with the horseback riding stuff. And um, with the horseback riding program, I say, don't be a princess. Have you ever heard me say that, Deanna? Don't be a princess. And um, then I went to Disneyland with my littles and I kept telling them, be a princess, get dressed up and be so beautiful. And I was like, wow, this is like totally contradicting everything I ever tell them. <laughs> what do I really mean when I say this? And so um, when I sat down, because he's like, well, just get up early and pray to God about what you're going to write about. And whenever I go to write, and this comes into where Treva is a part of the book, um, she had us journaling the the um proverbs back in fifth grade and so what i had learned as a kid was if i had a problem i would just start writing it for god like that i wrote out my prayers one um you guys probably know i'm a little bit of an add kid <laughs> and um and so i don't focus well in prayers either so i journal them and that's the only way i can like really process out what god's doing and and Trevor really helped um bring that to light of how much you can sit with god in the silence and more things be revealed when you do that and so um I had journaled uh whatever was bugging me usually my journals are full of this happened and I really don't know what I'm talking about or I really don't know why this person and at the time I had somebody quit the horseback riding program because the daughter wanted to be a princess and I was so distraught about why the mom did not understand what that really meant what hard work for uh, a girl especially to feel empowered of what they do with these horses to get to that part of being on the horse, being in control, the confidence that's built and that she missed it. And then here, then we went to Disneyland and then I realized that I contradict my own princess thing. And so I had started writing about um, God, we are, we are princesses of God and that we were becoming queens. Um, that book is on hold and um, because... Um, Although I was writing that in that five o'clock time, I was also one day a week writing devotionals because we were in the middle of COVID. And because I was so good at coming up with new ideas of new things to do, and I knew COVID was throwing people out of their normal and they were needing to try things that were not normal to them, not like from homeschooling, which I took on coaching a whole bunch of homeschool moms. Um, that I actually was like, it doesn't have to look like public school. You do this and you could do this. And there's so many different ways to do this and trying to help people understand that you, you not only are the, the mother of the child that God picked for you, but all the other gifts and talents of what you have and what this opportunity is for pouring back into your family and what I call a double blessing. So all of my businesses have been something that have involved my kids and my family and my home. And we've been able to serve back and forth amongst doing that. Um, so I had written this book 
in just trying to, I thought I wouldn't have even told all of you guys I wrote stories about you <laughs> because um, they were just supposed to be short devotionals that basically went on Facebook. I did a talk on Facebook every Thursday. Trisha actually edited one or two of them for me really fast when I was like, hey, I gotta post this by whatever because I was putting myself on a fake timeline because I was looking for a publisher and I knew sometimes publishers are like, you have to have this many words turned in by this time. So I was faking that while I was writing my other thing. Turns out the thing I was faking was the thing that God wanted me to make my first book. (laughs) And so when I got through, and I really didn't know how many weeks I was gonna do it, but when I got to the end of what I was writing about, um, God was like, this is your first book. So I wanted to just kind of journey through it a little bit with you guys and then pause at the times that you guys um, are involved. Um, um, This is actually, don't be intimidated, it's not the entire thing. So um, the introduction is really just Dustin and I being entrepreneurs and that um, we're not the same type of entrepreneur. And so how much we've been able to help other people when they come to us for advice and um, just to publicly like I've told him before it's one of the most things that I respect him about is the way that he can run a business and um and really the impact he makes on the people how many clients are you at 350 people that he visits every six weeks and holding a horse getting to council and sometimes represent God and uh, that's how many horses you have 120 clients yeah so um so it's just about how serving people with your talents and gifts really becomes a God blessing. Um, Olivia um, had been one of uh, his clients when she was 12 for 10, eight. She was eight when he started showing. And then she was, um, she had done multiple different things of like, she really had a missionary heart and she had been traveling with that. She had first gone to school because she wanted to be um, an ag lawyer and then um, ended up in the missionary stuff and working at some ranches. And she's like, you know what? I just want a quieter life of just doing horses. And Dustin's like, what about shoeing? And then she went to the school because he happened to be teaching at that time. And she got really good at it. And then she went back and just wanted to be a florist with him, with the, the with their with the wedding company that her parents have. And it makes sense that, you know, you might want to still be a part of family business. But, like this is where you said you wanted to go and you're like God has the talent for you and you're doing amazing and she started sharing her fears and doubts and it's the same ones we all have it's the same ones that say like maybe I'm not going to be good enough maybe I'm going to screw up maybe this is going to happen maybe that's going to happen and all those doubts that come out and so I was able to say like Dustin was not the best when he first started but what we do is we say I said it's just like life in everything else like you do your best in God God does the rest. And when we keep just moving forward in our yeses and expecting God to show up, that's really what that looks like. So that's that's what chapter one, and she um, she didn't make it today, but I still wanted to to share that, that aspect and, and just, um, like I said, take the journey through. Um, chapter two, um, I was knew I was supposed to be writing a book, didn't realize this was the book. So I was sharing my feelings of how much I didn't want to write a book. <laughs> and um, I had a friend at the time because even after he said, I think you're supposed to write a book, I basically did what all of us do when God tells us to do something and I cried about it. And I was like, I don't want to. <laughs> like, give me a different assignment. This is going to be terrible. I don't want to do this. And um, my friend at the time was very wise. 
and she's about 10 years older than me. And she said, Kendra, God doesn't just pull things out of nowhere. You've probably been doing something all along. And he had already known because of my journals how deep I would go that I had been doing something all along to prepare to write a book. But she said, I want you to think back in your childhood of like how God's been developing this gift. And again, this is in the book, not because of me and what my yes is, but because I want other people to be able to say yes. I want you to look back in what God's having you done and go, well, that makes sense that I did that, like all things. And then whatever comes next to say yes to, that could make sense to do that. Um, Chris is a good example. Um, like running the school, you would have never jumped out and started the school and been the whole runner of it. But I tugged her along to run my horse program with me, and she's an amazing sidekick, by the way. <laughs> she's a great side-by-side -side leader, and God just kept being like, you're going to be a leader. You're going to be a leader. And then Elise, who's just as crazy as me in different ways, <laughs> started a school and was like, hey, Krista, help me run the school. And she's like, fine, I'm a great sidekick. I dealt with Kendra. I can now handle Elise is crazy. He kind of prepped her for the next. And then Elise says, I'm moving away. Here you go, Krista. You're running a school now. And so, like, you see how God doesn't just dump it. He builds where he's going. And so um, I had gone all the way back to Treva, being my fifth grade Sunday school teacher, and teaching me to to write Proverbs. And um, I don't know how other people, you were in the class. I don't know if you even remember doing it. <laughs> just like, no. Um, but I, I really sat in those. I was really... Because I am a very slow reader, it wasn't just an assignment for me. I wanted to hear, some, I wanted something to be special. I always, I think that is something that was different. And one of the reasons I am crazy with God is I'm always looking for that special thing. Like even every time the wind blows, I'm like, stop, it's going to mess up the voice and it's messing up the book. And I'm like, no, thank you, God. This is your presence being here. So many people describe his presence in the wind. And I'm like, thank you. That's not dead hot, you know? And so like putting God's special perspective on everything that happens in life, I've just done that. And I honestly think it was from that time of trying to have something in the Bible feel special because it is his special love letter to us about what, um, what, what God has to say to us. And every time we open the Bible, it's a living, breathing thing that speaks to us differently. And so it, I still have uh, parts of that journal kept somewhere in a, in a, in a journal that floats around and, and can be picked up to, to look at. Um, Trisha <laughs> and my sister, Krista. Um, my favorite childhood pastime was making up performances to songs. It would take all day to put on these huge productions that included dancing and acting. I'm sure it was not their favorite thing to do, but they were really nice to play in to my crazy creativity that eventually became my job because that's what I did with the horses is just the things I did as a little kid, making these people be my little puppets <laughs> and try cheer stunts and dances. And one of my favorite memories, and I don't know why this one's the strongest, is tearing down the walls by DC Talk with the pillows. In, uh, do you remember this? <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure almost looked like a pillow fight. <laughs> we did it. And I'm pretty sure we didn't even really know what that song was about when we were singing and dancing to it. But this is the crazy of where it began. And without friends like you guys, and this is kind of where 
the horseback riding, like, without you guys being like, yeah, Kendra does crazy things, but here, kids, you're going to go do this on this horse because Kendra says it works and because it's helping build things. I mean, Jessica was probably the first one to hear about the horseback riding program because our girls, Leela and Cadence, were dancing on the back of the horses just practicing their performance on the back of Rocky. And I was like, I could make this a thing. <laughs> and so I did. And then I started telling everybody, you know, and then people just started finding out. And one of the cool things that I do have in my God business is like, it did start and end and start and end. But we started and I had invited everybody that was a part of the core original group to to this today because it was you guys and, and Borbus and... Um, uh, Murphy's, you guys remember Catherine Murphy, and, um, I don't, were you the little one with Catherine that we did the, yeah, you were going to, yeah, with the ribbon, the very first ribbon dance, and, um, we had done that life is beautiful thing, and God, like, I know that the way that God's taking all of this is just a stepping stone from that, like, he kept telling me, it's going to look like the horse program, and I'm like, oh, so teaching women, and writing a book, and speaking on stage, am I taking a horse on the stage, like, what do you mean, (laughs) you know, but everybody has been encouraging me, bring back song, you know, you're really good at having message with music. And that's what the horse program was about. Um, getting people to dance to get out of their comfort zone. I brought it out at the women's group. And it is, it's so stinking powerful to do that. And then when I go to the conference um, in, in Concord and I'm doing the workshop on breaking down the lies of the enemy to renew our minds so that we have a clear vision of what that clarity of what God sees us as is what I'm going to go speak to women about. And there are product you know we're gonna even take a mirror and actually probably shouldn't say that on here we've got some secret things but we're gonna do some dancing stuff with it and I have a really powerful song to just because music hits people and words hit people and action hits people and I've learned through the kids being um my guinea pigs of and and Deanna I think is the one that had said uh Kendra, Kendra loves harsh but hard or something like that (laughs) my love is big and hard she loves big and she loves hard. Something about, like, I can be mean, but it's because I love that much. <laughs> and <Yeah>. really? <laughs> uh, but, and the truth is, is that women feel that way about me now. They're like, Kendra's a bully. <laughs> they literally tell me to my face, Kendra's a bully. And they're like, but I'm here giving this speech now <laughs> in front of these people that I really didn't feel called to do. But they know deep down it's God's pushing to do like that next best. And so I think every kid that has allowed me to torture you <laughs> and bring you up and you as a kid when I torture you and that Mary would let her come and be a part of my family. It's so nice of her. <laughs> you had no idea. You helped me. <laughs> um, she didn't show up and chapter three is about her. <laughs> she, um... And it's her fault for becoming friends with with Krista and Krista and I being such good friends because I get to tell her things when she's at Krista's house and she pretends it's her house too. So, <laughs> thanks. And 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 basically, it's just um, about uh, and it goes back to the horse thing too. When you're getting overwhelmed about things, so like God is constantly throwing more and more at me and I'm sure all of you and you've all hit times. And actually, this this is where Jessica really came in too. 
Um, I remember I wanted to check how my devotionals were affecting more because I was like, I want people to know sometimes your calling is just being a mom. Sometimes it's just what you're doing right now. And it's not that you have to have this business or you have to have this more and we have different seasons to do different things. But I wanted to make sure that it, it, what I was writing could easily apply and transfer over to everything because adopting children is no easy task. And, um, and it comes with a lot of new and a lot of hard. And um, through, and Jessica and I have been doing Bible studies since the littles were four or earlier because we've we've been hanging out since they were six and eight months old and they're 15 now so it's almost 16 for in december and um but we got to do bible studies together and um one of my favorite ones that we did was the purpose-driven life because i tell you guys like this is like an off-breed of purpose-driven life because i went what my purpose? What my purpose? What my purpose? You know, and I was reading that book with hard intent. And Jessica's Jessica's one who was like, sometimes it's not finished till heaven. And I go, where did you get that? <laughs> I basically trying to dump the book. I'm like, where did it say that? <laughs> it's just like maybe you don't like finish singing songs in front of people until you're in the choir of heaven. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then sure enough, there was something that said it in a way that that was the perspective that she got and really the book almost kind of ends with with that too of just like the legacy building but perspective um amongst this book and then uh, the fact that she uh, in her calling and in and and honestly her calling could just be being my friend <laughs> we have a story that uh I stalked her to be my friend but then God like then she showed up where I already was, so I wasn't stalking her because <laughs> she chose the church we were at at the time. <laughs> and that um, that made her be like, okay, God, why does this girl keep showing up? <laughs> I guess I'll be her friend. And then we've had an amazing um, friendship that's added just a lot of perspective, not only to our God relationship, but our, our and our marriage and our kids and um, teaching each other things about just being opposite in the way that we handle it and so um she was able to read the overwhelm the overwhelm section and say this totally applies and I understand like sometimes we take on every day waiting for that big yes from God but really it's more like it's more like a um a dance um like a dance recital they go five days a week to this dance thing and they practice for hours and hours and hours for three minutes on stage what if your yes for the whole year only was a three-minute yes that God actually used as your performance time and the rest is everything that's practiced and that we needed a lot more grace on ourselves in what we do and what we are called to and not hold this high regard of um, basically like God discipline over ourselves that he didn't call us to that level. And so um, she added a lot of perspective into that, into that chapter. Um, the next chapter is Be Bold. And Be Bold is about saying hard things, about um, speaking what God's teaching you. Because even though it might not be for everybody, that one thing that means something to you might be for one other person and you don't want to hold back that other person's growth. So even if that person goes, well, I don't feel it that way, that's great. That's not for you right now, you know? And, and it's for somebody else. And that's something that um, I've really been learning in letting go of conversations because I've been so blessed to have one-on-one conversations that I get to pretty up the packages. And so 
Um, Mary, I first want to thank you for being friends with my mom. <laughs> because I know you guys ain't always seen eye to eye about things. She's not paying attention. <laughs> um, and, and, um, but how that, like, being, but like holding friendship above that and what that looks like helps teach us or anybody else what that looks like, you know? And, and I thank Trisha over and over again for having an opposite view, willing to share the opposite view, willing to have those hard conversations, because they never feel hard. For me, they never feel hard. <laughs> I think we're mutual in it. And so I wrote in here, like, when you're friend and you're best friends with Jesus and you both know whether there's truth or something in that, in the end, if you trust Jesus enough with that person, it doesn't matter what you think. Because if there's truth in it, God will help each of us find it. And that's not my job. That's not my job to prove the other side or the other opinions or the other anything. Because it's just, and and I say I ask the hard questions because I do want middle ground. I do want some understanding because all of it, to only come out boldly would mean to have grace and love under that. And the grace and love and the boldness, the boldness is really about education of God and God's truth and God's love. And none of the other crap in the world matters. I think one of my favorite things I've been reading over COVID is a time when the angel came down and he goes, and the guy says, well, whose side are you on? Because they were at war. And he goes, neither. I'm from up there. (laughs) Like, come on. (laughs) Not that big a deal. So um, I really, I was scared to write this chapter. I was like, oh, people are going to just be like, well, Kendra said be bold. And I'm going to say what I, you know, so I. (laughs) I like came on hard, came on that lion's roaring. Don't forget the lion's roaring with your other Christian friends. <laughs> you know, God's got all of our back, but he's also playing daddy. And he also might be like, you're both wrong. <laughs> and then, and then just how to really don't say it until you know that like and you feel that stirring and I know you've talked about that Nancy like what that stirring feels like when it's time to just gotta say something I just I gotta say something and I went into this group it's actually called kingdom builders and God had been stirring over my heart like I'm like God what is this group like I couldn't even figure out what the core reason of why they exist are because they have way too many bullet points of what they want to serve and they're not focused at all and it's like a little overwhelming because you're like if you're a driven person that's like okay pick this we're gonna blah blah and you just like charge forward with it but these people didn't have that type of vision they have a very and I do understand big broad overall visions that's actually one of my problems I can have nine million but it's gonna do this 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 and this and they're like yeah that's nice Kendra but you gotta start there (laughs) and I'll try to sprinkle in all the other things that are still to come and I think there is still like speak life over those things that are come because they definitely, the more you talk about them, the more they will continue to build up and be bold. And um, they'll, continue to, they'll continue to grow. And um, anyways, I was really stirring that God was like, I want you to teach them to pray. And I don't know, you know, besides being in my publishing company and the ministries I run online, I go into, and maybe you've heard a couple, I can go really deep into prayer now. I'm very like, I don't know. It's just a different level of prayer, of feeling what God's saying and what needs to be spoken. And, um, and I felt like God, and I was like, how do you come to a group of Christians and say, God's saying you don't know how to pray. <laughs> it sounds really not nice, <laughs> you know? So I like, 
sat in that and prayed in that and said, God, what do you want me to say? And then, and the Bible verse that said, teach them to pray like wailing women. That's in Jeremiah when the, when the world was, when his world was about to come in so much warfare and war and what that needed to look like of desperate prayers. And so I just gave them that Bible verse and said, like we, like we need to be putting, because they were very much for, for leaders. And I just had a vision of leaders needed to be on the ground and we needed to be laying hands over these leaders and praying over them. Like um, Sheriff Lykoff, that's just come into the thing. He is a Christian and he wants to be bold. And God has given me a vision about him and some words over him that say he, he's a very masculine guy. He's big. He's very like, seems kind of like gruff and maybe egotistic but he's not he's actually like the most humble guy who's like i'm just here to try to figure out how god wants it and um and i actually got to see him in that light and in that view and i feel like we are supposed to be praying over the people so that's what i got about be bold it really means when god's stirring you keep praying okay tanner and cadence um thank you for Tanner's still not here. Yeah. <laughs> he enjoys fishing more than his God message. <laughs> but God was a fisherman, so we'll forgive him. <laughs> um, we, they, they often did some crazy things with me when they were younger. And, uh, but, but I think it's helped become who you are today, of willing to be your bold and crazy. And God will use it in amazing ways as that continues to grow. But we used, we used to pick up homeless men. We used to talk to homeless people. We used to do some crazy things, and my husband is like, stop it! <laughs> I do not feel like I can protect you when you do the crazy things that you do. And, um, and so he's like, when my kids are around, you're going to not do this. If you're on your own and you want to put yourself in a bad situation, whatever. I don't have control over you. Obviously, God does. It's basically his thing. But I always had kids with me, so that was his like, perspective of... You know, putting a nice boundary that he really did have control over. And, um, but I would tell him, I used to pray. I, I, like, I wouldn't even, I would, like, drive down the road and see somebody and drive back and pray over him, drive again and be like, yeah, I need to go talk to that person. <laughs> you know? And sometimes, like, you drive, I pray about it. I pray about it if I'm supposed to do something. Um, but anyways, I started getting kind of out of the habit of doing that because he had put this boundary on. And this one day, um, we had gone to McDonald's. I know it's my friend's favorite place. <laughs> and I served God there. And so um, we came out and there was a homeless man there. And I had nothing to give him. I had nothing. And um, I felt like God's like, I want you to go over and tell him I love him. And I was like, I, I can't. <laughs> like, why, like, what happens if he's having a really bad day? And he's like, that's nice. You, you feel all taken care of and whatever. God doesn't love me. I have nothing. You know, like, that's why I expected he was going to stay back. But in the end, um, I finally, after arguing with God for a little bit of, like, what that, I didn't want him yelling at me. I didn't want to confront him with both my kids. I wanted to keep a boundary. But at the same time, I'm not putting him in my car, and I'm in a public place. And I had weighed it all out with God and, and my thoughts. And... Um, and I walked over to him, and I said, I'm sorry. And I just started with, I don't have anything to give you. I, I had no extra money on me. I couldn't buy him something. I just, I didn't have anything. And I said, I'm, I'm sorry, I have nothing. Um, but God wants me to tell you that he loves you. 
And he looked up at me and he said, I was just sitting here wondering that. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he said, yeah, you see, yesterday a man came and gave me shoes. And I wondered if it was a God gift. And I wondered if he was trying to tell me I have a second chance. As so I was able to say, God always has second chances. And I just was able to share the message of God's love and that that was a God gift and how much God did love him. And they say in the book, like, it was a Peter and Paul moment for me of being like, we don't have to have something in our hands to love people and show God's love. And often our words are the most strongest things that we can do. And so even though um, my teenagers may not like that I'm crazy now, I'm thankful for the crazy they let me be when I was, when they were younger and what influence they have to continue to show God's love and I know that God has crazy things for our family um which you know is still to come in this day um if you guys know about our move and what we're doing and I'm always jumping off the deep end and so cover my husband in lots of prayer (laughs) because I'm never afraid of what God's gonna do next and uh but I also know that he's given me a tree to keep my kite from flying away and we learn to um, balance amongst that. Uh, the next chapter that I write about is um, raw authenticity, which is really just about about prayers. And I have two other friends who um, happen to, in that week, get really bold about their about their um, about their stories and um, where God showed up for them, and um, and how and and hearing those personal stories is what grows brotherly love. when you love that person and then you know what they've been through and how hard it was for them. One was a story of race and the other was a story of health. And the story of race was a time that she was treated like she had done something wrong. And she taught us it wasn't a it wasn't a one side or another. It was like pray for wisdom because these the the police, it was back when things were looking really crazy over COVID, right? That I'm writing this, and um, she just said this is how it felt on my side one time. We were asked to exit our car. Our kids were investigated. Everything was torn out of our car. They were totally fine. They, they were normal, good Christian. Her, her husband's a pastor, you know? And she was just like, I, like, like it, it was humiliating. But I also prayed that they have wisdom. And so it was like, pray for the wisdom of the police when they just don't know. They don't know which side. They don't know what to do. And then pray for those who are being being attacked that they might have grace and that they might be able to um, say what needs to be said and stand up in their boldness. And I do think it's interesting that God had led me through that, that boldness happens before authenticity. You have to learn to be bold in your faith. Be bold in who you are before you can Go back and dive into the depths of who God made you. And authenticity is about accepting who you are with God. Being very honest in your prayers with God about however you feel, about whatever he's doing. It doesn't, like, it's been a work for me to realize it doesn't have to look pretty. I can say I'm mad and I can say I'm angry and I can say I don't like somebody right now. But there were times that I didn't want to admit that with my voice to God. You know, I'll be like, I don't like that person. I don't sound very Christian. I'm going to pray about that. You know? Like you think that's against God, but it's not because he knows the heart of the matter and the part of just, um, I like being so understood. And that's what makes me love God so much is that he is a very understanding God. Um, the next, the next, uh, chapter, I mean, the 
is about creating with God. And Jessica, again, um, had given me that great extra perspective because I, it's about Proverbs 31 is like, she created this and she created that and she made this and she made that. And I was like, how did I miss this entire thing about creativity when that's my favorite thing to do? <laughs> I did not miss that that's what the Proverbs 31 woman is about. And then I was like, Jessica, how did she do this all? How did she go shopping and go um, buy her winery and and um, make the clothes and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, she didn't do it all in one day. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, kind of like making her a superhero over here. And then you find that we often do that with our Bible characters. We make them superheroes that they are not. And they were everyday average people who were failing at a lot of things. <laughs> and God still used them anyways. And so um, my book is kind of, uh, you guys haven't gathered about that. And I'm sure you guys have moments that you can look and be like, I feel like I failed in some. But this is a moment that I say thank you for giving to God. Thank you for your yes, your small yes to God of something that you did made such an impact to make the book um, continue to grow and serve so many people in so many elements. This is not just for authors. This is not, you know, I said it's for anybody who wants to adopt, who wants to write a book, who wants to just start a business, who wants to serve in church or feel like they need to start a church. Any level of anything that they're like, I think I'm supposed to, you know, serve back in school. And you're like, oh, I don't really want to do that. Remember, I should read the book and think if God really wants me to do that again. Or if I should be saying no and let somebody else step up in which you had your boundary of no because you knew God would bring somebody in and you trust those things. You trust that the yeses are going to come. So um, the only thing this is missing on here is that this is the backstory of chapter six of creativity. And Cindy, this this. This one's for you. When we were a kid and I shared with you how much it meant to me, I love the community of Pioneer Bible Church. I love what it had been. It really felt like family in so many ways. We had those really fun campouts at our house. That that was a small group, right? That was like your guys' Bible study small group that we would have over to do like the ponds and the camping and these barbecues and sing songs and all just kind of have those like spaces to grow up. And I love that my parents were the example of sharing back your like blessings and gifts. And so my dad would always bring up the horses and everybody would go on trail rides and and just offering the property that God was, was using us. And Cindy was a great example of that too. They had this beautiful property that they opened up to the church and they did these fun Easter festivals of having the kites and the the gatherings and you said it took other women coming together to do this but that's what community and serving and sisterhood of Christ looks like and it's made me want to do more things like that because I saw the community and I felt the community and I felt the family love and I felt God's presence and I felt there's a different thing when you're on a ranch that is not in the wild, but you still get like God's perspective. Like you could have walked away and been all alone. Like I know there were times when I was Easter egg hunting and I'm like, is it this far away? Cause I'm pretty far away. <laughs> yeah. um, but they were, they were like way out in the wilderness and it was, but I literally would say prayers and think about God. I go like, help me find my treasures, Lord. <laughs> you know, like as a little tiny kid prayer. And those were things that I learned that like you, you find God in that, you know you're safe. You know you're safe because you're not walking up on a mountain lion in the middle of the forest or something in the trees or you don't know who else is there. This is your family and your event and your your somebody's ranch that it, it's just a different place that people find God. And I um, got to do it for the first time last two years ago. We did it in May of 2020. The, the conference, the women's conference at my house. Can't see? It was May of 2020. I think so, yeah. 
Yeah, and um, and I wanted to offer that safe space, and I actually sent them out with cards to go find their place. I said, just go find something that looks beautiful to you. I don't care if you're staring at a horse, a tree, a flower, a rock. It's totally protected here. There's nobody around. There's nobody to judge you or interrupt you. And just go find a spot. And I said, write what's beautiful to you. Write what God wants to say about you being beautiful that nobody's ever said. What is God saying about beauty? And um, they, they went and they, they thought they were writing cards to themselves about it. But God had told me that they were going to actually exchange the cards and read them over each other of whoever the card landed to. And it was such... It was such a God divine thing. And like, really, we were running out of time for the amount of things I wanted to bless them with because I wanted to bless them with my talents of making food. I wanted to bless them with song and worship and what freestyle worship, because when you're on that ranch again, you can scream hallelujah and ain't nobody looking. And we got, we got, you know, 50 yards apart from each other and just danced and worshiped our own way because we got really crazy in our dancing and worship, um, which is why Trisha and Krista, when I talked about the whole dancing thing, they know to walk far away from me <laughs> because of my practicing dance moves. Anyways, I have for anybody at Pioneer Bible Church serving at a vacation Bible school and realizing like God is fun. And I love putting God is fun. Like that was the whole thing about the horse program. We had some atheists come sometimes and we had one full blown atheist. Like literally they had been fighting the school about teaching Johnny Appleseed because it said something about God in it. And then she came to my, and then they had asked um, the vice, he's either the principal or the vice principal up in Camino and his wife and children were a part of my horse program. And they're like, where are you taking riding lessons? She goes, I didn't, Kendra, I didn't tell them what it was. <laughs> she goes, I just told them to come check it out and see if it was for them. And the only day that I have, and sometimes I do country songs, and sometimes we have some Christian songs, but it has to do with an overall theme. And um, it was Happy to Be Me was the theme that they had come to, and we did um, A Beautiful Day. Um, and and like, like God washing the cares away and all this stuff. And they they were smiling and enjoying it. And then they came up to me and they were like, this is really amazing and looks like so much fun. I'll never be able to convince my husband into a yes. And I'm really, really sorry to say no. And so it was the first time they were saying no to God for fun. And they had no idea, you know, like so many people think God is rules and God is regulations and God is this. But it, like, I've been in so many, so many ways of getting to use my creativity to show how much God is in everything and every emotion and and just his his love and his fun and his delight of watching his children do something that we love and and if that's a passion for horses or a passion for singing or whatever your passions are and you know nancy you know that's what i stand on the roots of is like god designed you with passion gifts and talents and whatever you love doing god wants to love you doing that and he loves loving you do that and actually i was able to talk to a high school boy one time through my some of my girls that have been in my my horseback riding program this boy was pursuing her and I'm like let's check if he's a Christian <laughs> and so I say what do you think about God and he's like I don't really know what I think about God and I said well what if I tell you that I said what do you love and he said I love baseball I said what if I tell you that God designed you to love baseball and he loves that you love baseball because that's a pretty cool thought I never thought of it that way 
And that has been like the root of how I teach people about God. How um, there's a lot of people now, we're not fighting facts of God. We're, facts, we're in a world where people want to know how they feel about that. That's, that's what our new era is. We can't be like, there's heaven, there's hell, there's this, there's that. Jesus came, here's all the proof. They don't care. That is a matter of fact. You know how it says, it's great if you believe in God. Even the demons know Jesus exists. Demons were calling out Jesus by name. They knew who he was when he was walking here on earth. We're in that era where demons are able to be like, yeah, you Christian, I totally believe that God exists. Do I want to follow him? Or You know, it's a different thing that's not just, it, we're not really fighting atheists as much. We're fighting this whole universe, this whole idea of like, well, there's something bigger out there, but I don't know if I want to call him God. That is what people are saying. That is the most of culture right now. And so if we can help them every way that I've explained of like, God is in the tree because he made the tree. It says his heaven and earth is is reflected in his creation. And so when you get people to adapt to what they do know and how they feel about concrete things like a tree and who God made them, they can fall in love with the God who started it all as a creator. And then you can go through the whole story. And so I've just watched and getting to have an online business, how that works. Um, my next my next chapter is about influence. And I've learned the greatest influence from the kids and from this horse program. And actually, Aliana and Quincy, they have a little friend who was not um, a Christian at the time. And since then, they go to church with us. All, like, they go to Awanas with us. They do everything with us. But... The first night she came to spend the night, we always pray before bed. And they wanted, they thought they were being kind by telling their friend, like, would you like to pray first? And she's like, okay. And she's like, Jesus, it's so great you had bunk beds and stuffed animals when you were growing up. And she was telling the life of what she thought Jesus' life was. And it was really cute. <laughs> but the kids were going, that's not right. That's not how you pray. And I don't think Jesus had any bunk beds. And so I was praying the whole time over it, like, God, what do you want me to say as that open door to help this situation? Do you guys remember the first time you ever sang a song with Ellery that, that you guys decided to do making up songs as your guys' fun time? Uh-huh. And you had God songs. Was Ellery shy about it or loved it? She loved it? Tanner's yeah. finally here. Oh, good. Tanner's finally here. Yeah, so um, we didn't come off and tell her the whole story of Jesus all right away. It was just like, girls, why don't you pray first and be the example of what prayer looks like? But she's not wrong because prayer is just talking to God about whatever's in your heart. And if he's like Jesus in you is representing having bunk beds and stuffed animals. And even though he didn't have those things, he was a kid just like you guys. And it's fun to imagine what that might look like. And that's fine. However, she wants to imagine you and your family were first example of Right. And you and so the Jesus in us is what she was seeing and so she was trying to so yeah so that's what influence is not about being the loudest voice and being a leader who says do this this way but really just being that first example and when we come with that just soft heart of exampleness how much that grows and so these two have been my biggest example of watching them just do it and just um, this one is my biggest inviter to things. Just like, would you like to trade church? Would you like to come to Awanas? We do this. We have soccer. We have this. We have that. Would you like to be included in this? Do you want to be included in that? And she's like, just at 4.30.
informing anybody that we meet new all the things that our community has to offer. Our church, we visit many churches. We are not really a part of one at this time. We've been going to Vantage Point lately, but we've kind of been floaters because we got friends everywhere. And because of the amount of serving that we've done and who we've met, we got friends in all of them. So I kind of go to all of them (laughs) and um, have a little bit of, of influence and love over all of them. So we're able to share with other people what might fit their style or their love or whatever. And so she sees that we do that and, and she's really taking that to the next level. Tanner came at a really good time because I think thy next one is about serving as if you're serving God. Hey, Tanner. When Tanner was young, and some of you guys might know, I know Joe was in on this, that they did the weedy whacking company together. <laughs> and they started TJ Weed Beaters. They were gonna beat down those weeds. And Tanner, one, loves gathering friends to work with. He loves that. And that's, that's kind of in church. The more we're working with our friends, the reason we need to serve in church and community is because it really does build a family bond and a sisterhood and a brotherhood. And Joe and Tanner have always had that, that, that brotherhood together. Um, I don't know if you know, Krista, that they like vowed to pray over each other when um, they were like younger. And Tanner was experiencing being afraid of the dark. And Joe wanted something else to be prayed over at night when they were in their night prayers. So he's like, pray for me because sometimes I have to go outside. <laughs> and so they like vowed to be prayer partners, but things like doing business together and building things together help those things come around. But when we serve in our different communities and serve in our different ways, sometimes it doesn't last. And so I often, I, the bigger talk behind this is if we don't put that we're serving God and we're serving the people because like Joe and Tanner aren't getting to do that anymore. We moved away. Uh, further away again they moved to us and then God moved us away and we were mad about that <laughs> yeah, but but God still has a bigger plans apparently um, <laughs> yeah. and um but Tanner and his weed walking one of the perspectives he had to remember that he was always working for God is he said when he would weed whack he wouldn't imagine the people's property he'd actually pull back to a God vision of the world and see the way that California is in the shape that it is and see it like a sideburn of God's face. And so he always pretended he was shaving God's face when he was out there weed whacking. And I was like, what a sweet perspective to know I'm working for God in the service that I do. And so in the book, I challenge whoever's reading it to think about what kind of perspective could you put on this, that you're not just that one-on-one with that person, but what's the bigger picture that God's seeing or that you're really just doing this with God, that this really is about you and God and your relationship with him and how that's growing. So I just thought that was a really fun perspective to add in here to help people see the bigger picture, and it's not really about the people, and, and the end of it is about serving with so much love that it does hurt when people leave, um, and what my husband tried to teach me about just business. Um, and then the very end is that everything that we do is about leaving a legacy. And so each of you guys have built a piece of legacy. Um, because this is, it was actually one of the final editors goes, Kendra, I'm sorry I marked up so much and I know you've been through this a lot. <laughs> and I know this was supposed to be the last one, but we want to make sure this is the legacy you want to leave behind. And her just saying that, one, I started crying. <laughs> and two, I'm like, okay, here we go again. But um, I want you guys to understand that your small yeses have been part of this legacy. So many people will see that there's small things you can do. And just serving friends is really what God like is blessing. It's not some big crazy 
thing that I'm always doing <laughs> because my husband will say like, and there are other people who I don't mean to make my relationship with God look unattainable and that everybody has to be at this crazy level. Thank God you don't have to be. <laughs> Thank God you don't have to be. And um, actually the podcast I was just recording before this that's going to be released after it is about the spiritual battles I've gone through that help you level up, but so that other people who are going the path behind you don't have to have it as hard. And so I think when the Bible it says a few are called to be leaders and like like it's really talking about like people just don't go assume you're going to go be a pastor or a leader and like get on your high horse about that. But what I've come to understand is that mean you are not all equipped to a, a, handle the warfare and damage that comes to you. <laughs> you are not strong, thick enough and God has a special grace over you to not have to have that and then just pastors get judged i sit there i'm i'm one of the worst of like oh i wish they didn't say it that way (laughs) you know wish that they there was a little more love or a little more but both sides are good or both you know like whatever and we just can't all handle that type of criticism and so i think when it says not everyone is made for those leadership roles i 100 percent believe we all are leaders that's what my whole thing is about. You are a leader of somebody behind you, yourself, the things in your life, things with God. Just You are leading somebody. Somebody is always, we are always influencing and leading. That is our job as Christians to influence others. Um, actually, I share in here that influence is, um, some, it, it has it has the word infectious in it in some word journey that God sent me and I can't remember it. You'll have to read why because I popcorn brain, right? And it doesn't make sense unless you read it all together. <laughs> but basically somehow I got to infectious and influence, but in, we should be rapidly infecting the fact that Jesus is great and exciting and you know what our lives look like and that it should be like a disease that we can influence others in this positive way to see God not be not be hidden in our lives and um anyways you all have already done something amazing is basically what I'm saying you all know that I believe that you are leaders um and and some of you still have much more you want to accomplish with God and what's to come and some of you just keep embracing it when he throws it in your lap (laughs) and some of you have to because you married that crazy person (laughs) but today was just about thanking you um on this side of heaven for what it meant to have you guys serve and love and be a part of my life and um and to encourage me in my crazy and to say that you see something different and um, Pioneer Bible Church, as much as there's been craziness amongst it, it was very good at letting us develop our leadership roles. And, um, and so I really do have a big thank you to them. And that was one of the reasons to want Pastor Jim to be a part of it. And everybody who's in Pioneer Bible Church and, and really understanding that's who I want to. You, if you guys want to pray for my ministry, I want to tour small town America. I want to tour churches like Pioneer that people know they make differences. Some of them are going to go, you know, it's all the small town people that end up going and doing something big that are not in the city doing crazy things. It's just the little person that keeps saying yes and keeps saying yes and God keeps opening doors and the favor that falls on you when you're just doing what he asks you to do. And yeah. Anybody have any questions for me after all that? (laughs) <laughs> oh 
Okay, was this fun? <laughs> like, are you guys glad that I let you know before you? Part of it's like I want you guys to know because you know you're in a book and if you're like, huh? I didn't, you know, like I like my mom left, but she was like, "What'd you say about me?" <laughs> and I was like, "It's it's not about that. It's not about emotions or anything. It is about emotions of discovering yourself and not and getting over fears and doubts. It's about that emotion, but mostly it's exploratory and fun." And God made you, like, if you think of yourself as, like, a little treasure chest that there's still more to dig in there and find, he's got more gifts and talents still in there if you're still here. So keep digging in that box and find more things to go out and serve others. So I hope you guys feel, like, extra blessed by it. That was the thought. If I can take pictures with some of you under here or as many of you as we can. That was um, Steve Kammerer's um, desire was to have a big group photo. Um, if we can try that, I know many have already come and gone. But, um, yeah, anything else you guys want to say before I hit off on the thing? No? Well, as you guys can guess, that's the end. There were multitudes of switching through paper, things flying away. I hope you have had some fun playing Guess That Noise. And yes, even my kids will interrupt something as important as a pre-book launch party. But we're doing this amongst our kids, amongst our families, and amongst being the most Jesus grace in front of others as we know how. I just... If there's anything I could pray for you, anything that you need help to make your next step, anything that you need a new perspective on, reach out. Reach out and find me. Um, you can go info.ministrymakers at gmail.com and anybody from my ministry team would be happy to pray for you. Kendra D. Carroll at gmail.com and you get directly to me. Or you can check out my website and check out all the other things I have to offer you guys because it keeps growing and it's a lot. And uh, go into that conference that I kind of slipped something about check that out if you guys happen to be anywhere near North Carolina or could afford a last minute plane ticket that is September 22nd through the 24th and they also even have an online uh sign up now and all of that is on my Facebook and if you want to message me to get that that information I'm happy to give that to you too I did a lot of back channeling and messenger through that so if you guys got that that's what that is um but yeah it's called the light conference if you type that in the light conference 2022 it is put on by United House Publishing and United House Ministries they are my publishing company they run ministries and events and um Yes, I will be helping put on that event. It is going to be online and it is in person. And the in-person was so in-depth last year. And I'm so excited to go serve it again this year. And so that is uh, what will be to come. If I get a chance to get a copy of my teachings on the Friday, that will be running my mindset group with my friend Elizabeth. We will be... um, If I have a recording, I'll try to make that into a podcast for you guys too later. But otherwise, sign up. Come get a part of it. Look for the other conferences that I'm still looking to put on. If you guys want a deep Bible study to go through my book with me, I'm hoping to kick something off by October. I'm just kind of waiting for all the other crazy to come to some sort of a settling that I feel like God gives me that next yes to go ahead and do. So in the meantime, check me out www.kendradwecarol.com. Bye now.